Thank you so much for tuning into the Chronic Illness Support Podcast. Today, our guest is Monica Rodden, who is the author of the book Monsters Among Us, and will be talking about her journey with gastroparesis. According to the Mayo Clinic, gastroparesis is a chronic illness that affects the motility of the stomach, which affects how food is emptied. Thank you so much for joining me today, Monica. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, glad to be here and thanks for having me on. Uh, so I am 29 and I live in Austin, Texas, and I was diagnosed with gastroparesis in about like 2014, so maybe about seven years ago. Wow, it's a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm also an author with Random House and my first book, Monsters Among Us, just came out last month. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, so what made you decide to become an advocate? I don't know if I'd call myself an advocate, but I, I did want to include gastroparesis in, in my first book. Uh, it was just really important to me because I had never heard of gastroparesis until I was diagnosed with it. And mm -hmm. After I joined the sort of chronic illness community and joined a lot of online support groups, I realized that that's not the case just with gastroparesis. It's the case with most chronic illnesses. They're just not very well understood. They're honestly not super well researched either. You know, they're not necessarily like something like cancer, which, you know, is is often like fatal and, and claims lives. Chronic illnesses are more of these kind of lifelong struggles that that people have and it's they happen kind of in the shadows if that makes sense so I, I kind of wanted to, to bring it to light and and spark a little bit of a discussion yeah definitely um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you were diagnosed and how long you suffered with symptoms before you were diagnosed yeah sure so I had uh, my whole life planned out, as most people do in their early 20s, and I uh, was going to be a high school English teacher, and I majored in English at Virginia Tech, and I loved it, and I graduated, and I went right into student teaching, and realized very quickly that I did not like it <laughs> at all. It, I found it incredibly stressful, and it wasn't anything to do with my professors or my cooperating teacher I worked under, or the students I was teaching, I just realized like, this is not a great fit for me. Mm -hmm. And it really started to take a toll. You know, I've, I've had anxiety as a, uh, since I was a child and have been on medicine for it, but this was like a whole new level of just not sleeping, worrying all the time, trying to plan lessons, spending all my weekends grading like stacks of papers. And my body just was not responding well. I was feeling really nauseous all the time. I couldn't stop burping, which was like really embarrassing and I didn't understand. And I just just felt really tired. I, I just didn't feel well. And it finally culminated in like every morning I would just have these like burping fits. And then one day they just led to me just vomiting. And I was vomiting up the entirety of my dinner that I'd eaten the night before. And that's like, you know, 14 hours ago. So I would have dinner at like 6 p.m. And then I would throw it up almost in its entirety, undigested uh, at like 8 a.m. And I was just, I thought, oh, I'm 
I have the flu. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've also just gotten married, so everyone in my life thought I was pregnant. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you're throwing up in the morning. You don't feel well. You just got married last year. Hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually my husband who, he's a doctor now. He's in medical school, medical school at the time, who was like, this is not normal. Yeah. And I, I brushed it off for a while because no one wants to think, that something not normal is going on with them, right? But eventually it got to the point where I would teach a class, go run to the bathroom and throw up, and then go teach another class. And I just was living off saltines and Gatorade. I was just feeling awful. And it took a while going to lots of different doctors until finally, um, and this is where it's good to, you know, it's all about who you know, right? So my uh, my husband's uncle was a, a doctor, and so he put me in touch with a, a very kind of high-ranking gastroenterologist in the D.C. area who examined me and, and heard my symptoms and uh, did some tests, and he was like, yep, this, this looks like gastroparesis. And that began a long journey of trying to figure out, well, now what do I do? Yeah. I'm sorry you went through all of that. Yeah, it was, it, looking back, I'm like, wow, that was, that was so long ago. But I, and now that I, I know about it and I know what the illness is, I'm in a totally different place. But I still remember being, you know, 24 and, mm-hmm. you know, I had my whole life planned out. And then realizing at the same time that, hey, you're really sick, you know, while I'm realizing that. I don't want to do what I, you know, have the education to do, you know, what I planned on doing. And actually, that's why they think my symptoms kind of reacted that way. I do have a, a family history of, of chronic GI issues, but mm-hmm. they think that, like, the stress of graduate school really just kind of brought gastroparesis, kind of all those symptoms to really manifest. And so, yeah, that was a, a, a tricky time, definitely. Yeah, I bet. What treatments have you tried? Did any of them help? And did you experience side effects? Oh, my gosh. Um, and that's that's the other tricky thing about, about chronic illness is there's there's not just one treatment, right? There's there's a million, and you can get into, like, alternative treatments. And got to the point, I remember one day, I, like, was at FedEx faxing a prescription to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was just thought, wow, this is, this is my life now. And it, it wasn't actually... I think I probably tried upwards of, of several dozen medications, uh, and they most of them had had no effect. I was thankful to not really have any sort of severe effects. One I remember, I forget the name, but it, it made me very sleepy. So in a way, I I wasn't throwing up because I was just sleeping all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not not ideal. There was one kind of scary incident. I remember I was still um, in graduate school at the time, and I was on a medication called I believe it was called Reglan, mm-hmm. and I <laughs> this is such a I dropped my coffee pot in the morning and it shattered and I got like a little piece of of uh, glass embedded in my foot. So I went to the oh, no. uh, yeah <laughs> the, into the the campus health service to like for them to sort of dig it out for me and they asked me if I was on any medicine and when I said Reglan the nurse got like really she sort of looked shocked and she goes 
she goes, you know, that's not necessarily, she goes, you know, are you having side effects? And I, I said, no, what side effects would there be? And that's when I realized that it was a, their Reglin has a black box warning from the FDA because it can cause like uncontrollable muscle spasms. I, I believe it's called like tardive dyskinesia. Mm -hmm. And I'd been on it for months at that point and it hadn't been helping me. So I just, I stopped taking it. I also tried a lot of like over-the-counter herbal things like sucking on peppermint shoes. I tried acupuncture and eventually the thing that really helped was I just went to a registered dietitian. I don't know why I didn't go before. Um, <laughs> I, I really wish I had. She was wonderful because at that point I was living off Saltine's Gatorade and like this one specific brand of protein bar I could hold down. And she was appalled when she asked me <laughs> what diet I was on because she just said that is not a diet. But I, I worked with her over, over months and I think she was really the one that helped me get a handle on the illness. Yeah, that's great that you were able to find her. Mm -hmm. um, would you like to talk more about your book? Yeah, yeah. So Monsters Among Us is a young adult murder mystery novel about a girl called Catherine who returns from college after her first semester. And she's, she's coming home for the holidays. And something awful has happened to her at college that she is just not processing. And she is hoping for just, you know, Christmas with her parents and a little bit of respite. And she doesn't get it because uh, something awful happens in her hometown. And I don't want to give too much away because it is a murder mystery, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the thing about chronic illnesses is they're so tricky to, to pinpoint and understand. And a lot of times you're left with more questions than answers. And so I really wanted to put gastroparesis in the book as, as sort of a clue in the murder mystery. And it's actually the clue that ties everything together in the end. And I think that was my way of, of taking this thing that has, you know, affected so much of my life in, in kind of very, very mysterious, uncertain ways and just make it something concrete and tangible. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, what other information would you like to share about gastroparesis? So I think, and, and this is something I, I see a lot in my online support groups, is it looks different for different people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, you know, look very sick. They look pale and, and thin and they're fainting. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes people with gastroparesis gain weight. And I was, I don't know if I want to say fortunate, but I was... You know, I was the, the pale, sickly, fainting girl. And so I got a lot of, you know, concern and attention and, you know, a lot of medical professionals like hovering over me doing lots of tests. There are some people with gastroparesis who don't, you know, have that. They don't, you know, quote, look sick. And so they don't get a lot of... Uh, concern by medical professionals uh, or their friends and family. So I think just, and this is a message, you know, that gets talked about a lot in chronic illness communities, but just for everyone to remember that chronic illnesses can, can look a certain way and, and please God never tell someone, oh, well, you look so healthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you have other illnesses that you would like to discuss? 
Uh, I don't think so, but I do want to go back a little bit to uh, the maybe the dietitian and kind of what she did to uh, just sort of help me manage my symptoms. And hopefully, my experience maybe will will help others who are in the same spot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so she she was great. Um, one thing that really helped me with gastroparesis, and again, everything is different, is practicing intermittent fasting. So with gastroparesis your stomach just doesn't empty at a normal rate. Your your stomach digestion is incredibly slow. So the food is just sitting there instead of moving on to the small intestine. Mm -hmm. So because I'm able to practice intermittent fasting, it gives my body kind of a break and allows it to catch up. So instead of eating breakfast, you know, I'll probably eat my first meal instead of at seven or eight, maybe at like 10, 11. And just that little bit of buffer time kind of helps my stomach to not feel so full and overloaded. And another thing she helped me do is just to get on like a set meal plan. So I'm I'm super boring and I eat the same things every day at the same time of day. <laughs> um, but thankfully, I'm a creature of routine and, and my husband is weirdly the same way. So I was at work uh, and my boss comes into the break room and he's like, what's for lunch? And I'm like, same thing. It always is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it, it always it always is. Um, and so some people might find that like kind of a, a bummer. But for me, it just it helps my body keep on keep on a schedule. And, and it helps me feel just calmer because I know how my body will react to like these foods in these portions at this time. And it really helped me mm -hmm. just get a handle on on my illness. And, and the dietitian also just helped me understand that, you know, that's okay that, you know, your life looks a little different, like you're doing what you need to do to manage your health. Yeah, definitely. That's great information. How do you cope? <sighs> Yoga is really helpful. <laughs> I, I used to really askew all that like positive self-talk yoga, you know, that that sort of like wellness culture of just being kind to yourself and, and practicing like affirmations. I used to be really dismissive of it when I was younger, but now I find that just being patient, having kindness to yourself, especially when you're going through something that maybe other people don't understand or just by mm -hmm. definition can't understand because it's it's something that they have not experienced. Right. Just practicing things that fill your life and and help you maintain better mental health. And I think there's a huge connection between mental health and physical health. I mean, that's why I got gastroparesis. Like my anxiety was so off the charts that my body responded. And actually I had a, a boss who had something similar. She went and did like Teach for America and she just started like collapsing all over the place <laughs> because okay. yeah and she had to leave the program because she was just so stressed out so i think our bodies you know they tell us when something's wrong and i think it's really important to listen to our bodies yeah definitely what is something you wish you would have known when you were diagnosed <sighs> that i would be able to eat food again <laughs> yeah I, and I think this is something that happens in, in chronic illness communities is you can get very fatalistic. Like, you know, I was reading about all these people who had who had feeding tubes and were in hospice. And I just thought, oh, well, like my life is over. I'll never be able to eat food again and I'll have to be on a feeding tube and, and all this stuff. And, and that is certainly true for some sufferers. But I think 
it, when you're in these communities, it's important to remember that that everyone's different, and there's no like there's no competition for who's sicker, right? Like we're all right. we're yeah. all here, and not necessarily like to always be hopeful, but just to be realistic. Like, no, maybe your life won't look the way it, it used to, but that also doesn't necessarily mean your life is going to be like this this terrible kind of uh this terrible situation that will never ever be the life you imagined you know I think most of us fall somewhere in the middle yeah how does having gastroparesis affect your daily life so I think I just have to like really be aware of what I'm eating and if I'm going out to eat what options are available I also like never drink liquids with meals because that just sort of like overloads your stomach as well and I found that if I'm if I'm drinking a lot with meals like there's just no hope for me to hold it down so I always like it's always funny when I'm at restaurants and and everyone else's water glasses are down so they always like top up everyone else's glass except mine because I have not touched mine uh and I used to ask for like for like oh don't I don't need water but people would give me like strange looks so I always just (laughs) have it but it's always full yeah and I always look up like restaurant menus beforehand if I know I'm going to have like a heavy meal I might eat like more sparingly throughout the day beforehand and I might kind of push my first meal the next day like a little bit later just to give my stomach time to recover and I also sort of try to avoid like abdominal exercises if I am doing any sort of exercise because that can really like irritate my stomach and make me nauseous. Mm -hmm. Yeah that's helpful information to know too. Um, How are you doing now with symptoms? I'm a lot better. I'm a lot a lot better. I I look back and I remember the dietitian's horrified face when I told her how I was living you know and and I think this was 20 Gosh, even then, I think it was 2017, maybe. And I don't think I really got a handle on gastroparesis until maybe 2018, 2019, just in terms of so much trial and error after working with a dietitian and trying different foods and trying different meal plans and figuring out what foods worked for me. But I, I'm so much better than I, than I used to be. You know, I... I would faint and have to go to the ER for fluids and, you know, the, the, the doctors in the ER, and this is not to fault them because, you know, they're doing triage, but they're just like, yeah, try to eat more. (laughs) If only it was that easy. Yeah. And I remember at one point, like the doctor left the room and and my husband just shook his head and he was in medical school at the time. And he goes, well, that's not helpful. And I was like, yes, but to be fair, like what else can she really do for me besides stabilize me and send me home? And so that was actually interesting for him as well. Now he's a doctor and he actually got really annoyed in medical school when there just wasn't a lot of talk about chronic illnesses, particularly GI illnesses. And I I joked with him, like, are you going to go into GI because of me? Uh, And he considered it, but he ended up doing pediatrics and and loves it. But yeah, we sort of gone through this together. And I I don't think I would be doing half as well if not for his support. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're doing a lot better. Mm -hmm. Is there any other information you would like us to know about gastroparesis? So I want to say one thing that I I found 
really helpful and validating because there is a gastroparesis test called like it's like a stomach emptying test where you you go and you eat this sounds so strange but you eat like radioactive eggs and toast oh wow (laughs) yeah they they add like something to it and then they they put you in a scanner and it it scans to see um kind of how long you have to lay there for hours and it, it measures the rate of digestion and basically it's like a test for gastroparesis right mm-hmm. and I took it and I actually passed with like normal emptying and I go oh so maybe this isn't what's wrong with me even though I match every symptom to a T and know that I've been throwing up meals with this huge delay and then mm-hmm. I talked to my doctor and she was just like no she goes we don't really trust that test completely and That's- yeah she goes she goes you know, you mat, you meet all the criteria for it, your symptoms match. Mm-hmm. And she goes in and the tests aren't necessarily always accurate and gastroparesis can vary by the day. So we might've just caught you on a good day. Yeah. And so that I think is really important um, just to take every test with like a little bit of grain of salt and just find a doctor who is, is more nuanced. Uh, Cause I, I think that would have been really hard if they were just like, oh, well then I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, Is there any advice you would like to give listeners? I think if you are suffering from gastroparesis or any other sort of chronic illness, um, I think just be, I mean, you already know you're on like a, a long kind of difficult road, but I think there, there is sort of a way on, not to the other side, but there's a way to to live your life with this, you know, your life is changed. It's not over. It's going to look a little bit different, but if you try to surround yourself with a good support system, join communities that, you know, lift you up, not bring you down Mm -hmm. and just try to have, you know, patience and kindness for yourself. Cause it is going to kind of take a while to figure out a new normal and, and a new normal is, is wonderful. Don't let anyone tell you that your life is, is lesser because you are, you are dealing with a chronic illness. Your chronic illness is a part of your life, but it does not define your life. Yeah, definitely. That's all really important. How can someone show support for gastroparesis? So, I mean, there's all sorts of you know, little, like, green is technically the color for gastroparesis, but I think what's meant the most to me more than anything is is not anyone, like, I don't know, putting a banner on their Facebook page, right? But I, I think yeah. it's just in interactions with someone with this illness, um, just listening and not trying to offer advice, like, oh, my cousin's aunt's dog walker's sister tried lemon tea, have you? <laughs> right. <laughs> And meanwhile, you're, you know, trying your 39th medication and and faxing your prescription to Canada. But I I also think that's a very human reaction. We want to fix problems and and help the people that are, that we love that are hurting or going through something. So I think what people can do is if someone they know is suffering from gastroparesis or chronic illness, just to be like, I I see you and I hear you and that sounds really hard. And I'm I'm always here if you want to just talk um or complain or cry or laugh at the absurdity and yeah i think that support just means a great deal yeah definitely how can listeners connect with you yeah so i'm 
kind of everywhere online. I'm on Facebook at Monica Rodden Author. You can also find me on Twitter at Monica Rodden and Instagram uh, for pictures of my dog and my book at Monica Rodden. And I highly recommend Instagram because my dog's adorable. <laughs> awesome. I will provide all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking time to be a guest on the Chronic Illness Support Podcast to talk about gastroparesis to help provide education and awareness. I enjoyed having you, Monica. Yeah, thank you. This was really wonderful. If you found listening to the Chronic Illness Support Podcast helpful in any way, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for listening. <music>